You're listening to the Nashville Girl Geek Dinner Podcast, where we discuss the real stories of women who seek to learn, be inspired, and find courage to have a voice as a contributing member of our development community. We are very excited to be joined by our special guest and dear friend of Girl Geek Dinner, Kate Dorr, music industry professional turned social media internet marketer and ultimately into fully realizing her passion to become a financial wellness blogger and consultant. Today's interview covers Kate's transition out of the music industry, where she'd spent most of her early career and finding her passion for technology and entrepreneurship. She shares some tips and tricks as she navigated in and around our tech community and provides incredible encouragement on the power of communication, networking, and ways that those who aren't otherwise as gregarious can create relationships that are meaningful. For more stories like this, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nashville on Twitter at GGD Nashville and Instagram at GGD Nashville. So today on Girl Geek Dinner Podcast, we are excited to have Miss Kate Dorr, financial blogger, social media marketer, and freelance writer. Hi, Kate! Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the lovely Miss Kristen McKinney co-founder of Girl Geek Dinner. Oh, hello. And awesomeness. Oh, thanks. First question I have for you, Kate. I was doing a little bit of research on your blog and about your story in particular. Um, and so in your previous career, you were a concert promoter, right? Yes, I was. Yes. Um, so how did you make that journey from you know being a concert promoter to your interest in technology and how that evolve? Yeah. So... I moved, I guess to back up just a tiny bit, I, I moved to Nashville, not from the Nashville area originally, uh, grew up near Boston, and like a lot of people, packed up my stuff, whatever would fit in my car, and made the drive down, worked for free, uh, worked for very cheaply, uh, and eventually landed a sweet gig uh, at a concert promoter, started as the temp receptionist, and eventually became talent buyer, you know, and did... Um, and Kristen and I met through through an organization, Solid, Society of Leaders in Development. It's a young professionals group, uh, people in the entertainment business, and that's how we knew each other. And same with uh, Rachel as well. And so um, I did that for most of my 20s. And so I was traveling all around the country, all over the United States and Canada, and um, basically everything that goes into making a concert happen from start to finish. So, you know, booking the show, marketing production going and then being the person on site and running everything. So as I started getting a little bit, uh, I guess uh, things were, you know, the, the kind of crazy lifestyle that was easier in my uh, early 20s uh, <laughs> suddenly became not quite so easy. The four hours of sleep and the life on the road just wasn't <laughs> quite the same, <laughs> wasn't quite the same um, as I started getting a little older. And I just thought to myself, well, one, I, I was doing a lot of uh, traditional media buying and I wanted I was very interested in digital marketing and and I just really wanted I really wanted the experience, one digital marketing experience. But I also said, I need to I need to change careers here. Um, this is not a sustainable career path. And so um, I just started kind of on my own exploring uh, networking organizations and, and just kind of seeing what else is out there and, and what would be the easiest way to sort of make that transition. And so I had started picking up some social media responsibilities through some some festivals that we did um, as a company that we were partners with, the Wild West Comedy Festival here in Nashville and a country music festival called the Blue Ridge Music Festival in Virginia. But along the way, I actually um, found out about Girl Geek Dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about that, girl. <laughs> I found out about Girl Geek Dinner. And the thing that was really cool was um, Kristen and, and Rachel, you know, who were the two co-founders. And it was I think it was actually pretty early on in the organization. Yeah. Um, 
I think I went to, I'm not sure which the first event that I went to was, but I went and they had both come from an entertainment industry background as well. And it was interesting, like a lot of a lot of the women that were there had just kind of interesting, diverse backgrounds, like not everybody started in tech. Um, and that was the thing that was so cool about it was that it's this really inclusive environment where um, kind of a come as you are and whether you're a developer, a marketer or just someone who's, um, you know, just curious about working in tech in general. It's this environment where you can come and learn and speak with other like minded individuals and and, and find out what all the other options are out there. Because let's face it, I mean, a lot of people aren't 100% happy in their job. <laughs> and and it was the thing that was so cool was it was like this free look, you know, a free peek, especially when you got to go to a company and listen to a panel discussion mm-hmm. um, from some, some women that were working in the field about a particular topic. And actually... One of the things that was really cool was um, one of the first ones I went to. It wasn't the first, but it was probably a few months after I, I found out about the organization. Raven Tools, right? Um, was uh, the was the panel, and I was like this, and I was like this place is really cool. I was I was still working at, as a promoter at Outback Concerts at the time, but I didn't know that that would eventually be a place I would end up working. But it, but the thing that was just so cool was I got to see you know this is their office these are some of the people that work there this is what they do this is their mission and again like when else do you get this chance to go and go into someone's office and just mm-hmm. get that like free peek basically yeah like this is what it's like to work here this is kind of how we are and they just I could just tell right away like they're they're cool yeah um, and when I eventually interviewed there I did mention that one of the people interviewing me um, she. Um, she was the digital marketing manager at the time, but she I think she did an introduction. And I think it was impressive for Raven to say, oh, you you know, you showed up as someone from the outside, you know, from another industry. You showed up and you came and participated. And it really helped me professionally. I mean, that was a, so I, awesome. I really <laughs> I really consider Girl Geek Dinner to have been like a thing that really helped me transition from the entertainment business into tech in Nashville and it could be scary when you're an scary. outsider with any industry, I think. And I know that certainly, um, well, both of you, I mean, you've both worked different types of jobs. And I know, Renu, like you were working in a different field prior to going to the software school and becoming a developer. And so I'm sure you can relate to that feeling of like showing up. We've all been to those mixers where you show up at, at an event and like you don't know anyone. <laughs> and, and and you're an outsider because you're just not in that field at all. And it's yeah. just something that you think you're interested in. and. Girl Geek Dinner was just not that at all. So, like, as a follow-up to that question, how did you start those conversations, being somebody who maybe didn't have those conversations in your everyday life and your professional realm? How did that change how you approached people at the event? That's a great question. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the nice things was, I mean, Kristen, I mean, she was the first, you know, sort of greeting people as they came in. and it, it, I'm a ray of sunshine. <laughs> well, yes, she just made, I, I just felt very comfortable, like, the moment I arrived. And then, you know, and, and Rachel and I had met briefly through Solid. And, and I mean, there may have been a few other, like, people that were acquaintances. It wasn't like, I mean, Nashville's a small city, so it wasn't like I was a, a complete stranger. But I just have to say it was just a very friendly, overall a really friendly group of people. And it didn't make it hard at all to strike up. And I, I think everyone also knows that feeling of, being an outsider and sort of exploring your options, um, especially now. I mean, I think it's very normal to um, not only change jobs frequently, but change careers several Uh times. You know, we've all been there. And and I think that's actually a really cool thing about Nashville is not only like, are we all from somewhere else? A lot of us Mm -hmm. are from somewhere else, but we all know what it's like to, you know, just to be starting from scratch, essentially. 
and and just people are just always very helpful. I don't know. It's like very selfless in a way, which I I think is really inspiring and is yeah. really like made me want to be that way too. You know, just seeing other people be like that, it makes me want to be the same way. That person. <laughs> you do that. I mean, you you have such a big heart and you're definitely a connector. It's one of the things I've always loved about you. Oh, it's pretty awesome. So I am curious, maybe taking Renew's um, question one step further. Have you found there to be a lot of differences for you, though, from networking in more of like a music or entertainment based sort of an environment? And how how have you had to kind of change your conversation now that you're interacting more like in a tech space and not maybe just specifically Girl Geek Dinner? But I know that you get out to a lot of different events around town. Mm. That's a that's a really interesting question. I found that well, it, so there are a few things that are different. I felt like the entertainment industry was a lot of, um, I mean, certainly a lot of partying. Um, I'll say that. <laughs> I, well, it's true, you know, and, and that certainly, um, I hate to say, it lubricates the conversation a bit, you know. But also, I think, I don't know, people seem very friendly, and, and it almost like it seems less like. Um, I felt like in the entertainment industry, it was kind of all about like if you had a cool job, everybody wanted to talk to you. Right. And for some people, people thought that being a promoter was like super cool. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was super cool, which is why I changed careers. Um, <laughs> but like when I, I mean, and you know, because when you start out, you know, you work different jobs and you see how people treat you differently mm-hmm. based on those jobs. And I just haven't experienced that in tech. And again, maybe I just. I haven't been in tech long enough to see that type of. I mean, Kristen is a recruiter. I'm sure you um, you you've dealt with a lot of different yeah. types of, and you've worked in different cities too. I have. I mean, there definitely are some differences. I think the tech community is is a pretty special community. I think anywhere you go in the country, you know, I I don't always feel like that sort of egotism is naturally always present, which is nice. Like everybody is just there because they're excited to learn something new and be motivated to explore something new. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally, with what I've seen so far, it it totally seems to be that way. Yeah. So what have you found to be maybe some of the similarities or, or just in general with your background in music, what has been paralleled to what you do now? I mean, is there, are there things that you've been surprised that have transitioned do you know what I mean when I when yeah, I say that? Definitely. I mean, well, well, for sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, and I, I think maybe when you realize you want to you want to change careers, you always think like, well, what's transferable? <laughs> like, am I like, do I have the skills to move into something else? I think that's the fear that that all of us have. And, and the truth is, is that I mean, it, nothing is. You're not starting from scratch with any new job. And there's a lot of a lot of skills that are transferable. And and I mean, just project management, marketing. Um, and, and networking and how you deal with people. And I'm 32 now. I interact, you know, as a professional, I interact a lot differently than I did when I was 22. And you learn a lot even in even in five years. I mean, I'm sure and we all have interns and, you you know, it, it's just it's just much different. There's a maturity and an experience that you gain going through any job. And so there's definitely a lot of a lot of parallels. And I think also, too, one other thing about the music business is just the the sheer volume of work that there is to do. And, and, and a lot of startups, I'm sure, are the same way, too. At Raven, it was a very, um, a very good work-life balance where we weren't expected to work 80 hours a week. But I found that I was able to manage my workflow where, where like, in the entertainment business, I was working seven days All a week. And I just, yeah, and it was just a nonstop grind. And I, and I never, and, and, I, and I actually do, I mean, I think it, it pays off in a way because 
there are things you learn about trying to work more efficiently because you just can't possibly get the amount of work done that you need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Eventbrite as well. You know, I worked at Eventbrite right. prior to Raven and it was just a different experience because I was, I was working one specific job versus like uh, being a talent buyer and being a social media marketer and being a managing a VIP experience for a festival. And it was just a lot more different types of jobs, but it was a smaller company too. Yeah. Um, along those lines. Uh, so when you did choose to, to quit your job and to chase your dream, um, it seems like you were really intentional in how you pursued that. Can you talk about uh, how you handle maybe the the financial end of that and the like the personal end of dealing with the anxiety of, of how is this going to work out and how am I going to do this journey? Because I think a lot of us who have made that career transition, there is that point where, okay, I'm going to buffer this and try to have this and maybe I have this side job and somehow these things are all going to morph for just long enough for me to get through this transition. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, and that's part of why I started Cashville Skyline. Um, was I started the per- a personal finance blog called Cashville Skyline. And it, originally, I was anonymous, and I started it because I wanted to get my money under control in order because I was just incredibly burnt out, and I knew that I needed to take at least a couple months just to recharge before I was whatever my next job was going to be. I knew that I needed at least a little bit of a buffer. So I just, I mean. Frankly, I was just living, I mean, I, I fortunately I didn't accumulate tons of debt, but I was definitely living, you know, I was spending basically everything I was earning, you know, which is pretty common for a lot of people in their 20s. I mean, most of us, it takes time to get <laughs> to get things under control. Yeah. But I also felt like in the entertainment business, you know, I was expected to be going out every single night of the week, you know, getting drinks, going out to dinner, um, buying nice clothes and, and traveling constantly. And it's just the that lifestyle. Um, it's hard to save money and it's hard to, to live within your means when that's sort of what's what's expected. And so for me, you know, I just had to take a look at that and just say, hey, you know, like I can't afford that. Like, you know, if, if I want to if I want to save and what I what I decided was I said, I really just want like a six month emergency fund, yeah. six months of expenses, which is what a lot of financial, you know, a lot of financial advisors do recommend three to six months of emergency fund for anyone. Um, and, and maybe I was a little naive even to like <laughs> even six months is not that much when you just quit a job, um, because certainly it can take more than six months to find a job. Um, I got lucky and I, I just. I just had faith that <laughs> things would work out. Um, but I used, I also used the website as a way to, to gain some digital marketing experience as well. It was, it was like a side product. That's one of the things I think actually that can be most valuable for anyone that wants to work in tech is I think having a side project where you can build additional, even if at your, your current job you feel like you're not gaining that experience that you need, I think having a side project can really be the thing that sometimes can be more valuable even than what you're doing at your day job. So how do you pick a side project or like how did you just pick something you're really passionate about or a problem that you'd like to solve or? Yeah. I mean, it can be something that like for in social media marketing, I, I always tell people I was lucky because there were a couple festivals. Like we needed a social media marketer and there wasn't really someone on staff who did it. So I volunteered to do that because I wanted to gain that experience. But there are other ways, you know, certainly like there are plenty of very deserving nonprofits in any community that could absolutely benefit from your talent and your skills. Sometimes that's an opportunity to to experiment and learn. 
or even just I think just starting a website and running a website Mm -hmm. you know I mean all the things that go into like using WordPress and like and and marketing you know the social media with marketing I know Kristen has a has a website um tomato sass Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a side project one of her one of her many side projects Kristen's (laughs) someone that has like 10 side projects um (laughs) But but like you learn so much just from the day to day of working on a website, you know, I mean, just things like, oh, you know, you know, dealing with plugins and, and your your hosting and and marketing and, you know, even coding. You know, that was something that I, I didn't want to necessarily be a developer, but learning a little bit of HTML and CSS was really helpful for me. And I knew that it would be I knew that as a marketer, a digital marketer, knowing a little bit of coding would be would be valuable even if all it is is just going into like <laughs> going into my theme and tweaking some things I didn't like or working on an email template or something like that. I knew that those things would be valuable. But yeah, I mean, certainly something that you're passionate about or an organization that could use the help or, or even in your day job, maybe there's something that you hadn't thought of. I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of people are doing kind of wearing all the hats and you'd be surprised at the opportunities that are there. I think trying to stretch all of that as much as you can while you're still at a job can be really valuable when you're trying to cr- when you're trying to transition into something else. But yeah, I hope that I, I hope that answered your original question about yeah. I know you talked about money, but yeah. I think the <laughs> well, I think the experience part of it's important too because some people I think I think the people that maybe people that didn't know me as well thought that like, oh, she just like she just randomly quit her job. I mean, I I took it took a couple of years. It took you a long time. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a <laughs> it was a build up. I mean, certainly a build up of of saving money, um, working on my own website, but also just gaining experience through. You know, I took graphic design classes. I took coding classes. I I did you know the social media marketing for a couple of years at Outback. So there was a few. You know, it, it was like a it was a process doing a bunch of those things kind of all at once and and some yeah and it's a lot. But sometimes that's what you have to do. It looks like it worked out so, <laughs> so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good. I, I mean, I loved. I think also just. Um, I think one of the things I just love about tech and just digital marketing in general is just how things are just constantly changing. And I love that you just really have to spend, you know, a lot of time learning and and con- otherwise you're falling behind very quickly. What do you feel like are, you know, some of the trends that you're seeing in terms of digital marketing? And if somebody was interested in. You know, maybe kind of furthering their skills and getting some experience. What are some things that you would suggest that they do? Well, definitely kind of like what we were saying before. I mean, taking on a side project, especially a website, you know, can be one of the – and it depends sort of what your what your interests are because there's so many different – I mean, if you think about um, just online marketing in general, there's so many different areas. I mean, there's pay-per-click adver- advertising. There's, um, there's SEO. There's social media marketing. There's um, – you know, all, all of those things or, you know, content marketing, there's all these things that that you can there's so many different areas. And I think you do eventually have to kind of narrow your focus a little bit and just try to learn as much as you can about like what, whatever that one thing that you're doing, because you can't there's no way you can possibly be an expert at all of the things. So what has you the, the most excited? Well, I mean, social for me was what I really I just I love that um, I love the way and I think it's because I do love networking. I love how social brings people together in a way that makes it it just makes the world so much smaller I mean I couldn't believe how easy it was especially with my my website it was like connecting with media and connecting with other bloggers and connecting with people all over the world it just it just made things so much smaller and also I think social can be a really great thing for for like someone who considers himself an introvert 
it just makes networking so much more accessible for everybody. You know, maybe you don't have time to go out every single night and go to events, but you can go on Twitter right. and chat with people. What advice would you give someone, you know, who's maybe not as comfortable on some sort of a social platform and just starting that conversation? Like, I remember when I started doing Twitter, I actually, I remember when Twitter came out and people were like, Christy, you got to do Twitter. And I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> yeah. Because back then everyone's like, oh, I had a sandwich today. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> people, that, people still do that. <laughs> I'm like, I think I did that. <laughs> And, you know, it was almost, I don't want to, scary seems very aggressive to describe it, but, like, it was very intimidating to put something out there and you're just like, oh, my God, what I just say? Yeah. Right? So, you know, what would you offer to people that are maybe feeling some of those same feelings and really being able to start to develop kind of their personal brand online to some extent? Yeah. I mean, and I think per, for me personally, the way I've always approached social is, promoting everyone else and giving giving as much to everyone else as possible and then you know and not and you promote yourself as well but I, I think you focus on promoting everyone else you know you share things that you think are you think are really valuable to your followers and you say hey this you know girl geek dinner uh, we're working on a podcast this is really interesting you know you should like I'm excited to listen to this when it comes out and I'm sure that I have followers that are excited to listen to it and and it's it's just by by giving to other people, you know, it's there's no there's enough to go around. You know, there's no sense in, in when it comes to like, no, we're not competing. We're all on the same team. We're all in this together. I, that's the coolest thing, though, you know, and it's not meant to be like a it's never meant to be a thing where like, oh, I put this out there and I hope that they'll share my things in return. It's, it's just I, I genuinely think this thing is cool you and I want to share it. You know what that makes me think of? We've talked a little bit about this, I think. Just bringing it back to Girl Geek Dinner, I think one of one of the cool things about social media, and I'm going to kind of lump it all together with like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever, that it actually allows you to get to know people in a much more holistic way. You know what I mean? Instead of I only know you because you're an engineer and go to a game night or you're a jewelry designer, you're whatever you are, that it just, it allows you to see people in all of the things that they're excited and interested about. And it, we're all quite weird, which is what's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like with Girl Geek Dinner, we try to create a space like that where you can just be your authentically weird self. Mm -hmm. And we actually love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's cool. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. And that's that's some of the most interesting things on social media is when somebody shares an inside look. Even when I was working in the music business, I mean, that's that's the things that people want to see from artists, right? They want to see, like, the sneak peek. Like, hey, I'm getting ready for the show. Here's me putting on my makeup. Or here's me in my dressing room. I mean, people like the, the real authentic and it's the same thing you know certainly on a much smaller level I'm not a you know putting on my makeup and performing on stage at the Ryman but I'm you know maybe I'm getting ready for people love just you know here's here's me working on my laptop and I'm having some oatmeal and this is me you know <laughs> hashtag yeah. or you know here's me like going on the road tomorrow to New York to meet with a client I mean I know it sounds silly but I think people do like to see that that real stuff I mean it, it will certainly makes you more human and yeah and relatable and we all you know we're all just trying to get through the day you know but it's interesting to see that stuff from other people mm -hmm. you know and not just like this this um persona and this professional image that people are putting forth but just kind of like 
these authentic pieces of someone's yeah. life. I think that's that can be really interesting and cool. Sometimes it shows maybe some not so great sides of people, <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> maybe an episode for another day. Yeah, that's like a whole new show. <laughs> that's funny. On the note of being weird at our events, like I know I've had multiple conversations with people about like feeling like a T-Rex <laughs> at social events sometimes where I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I think I can maybe say that your skirt is kind of cool mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And, and somehow that's led to having a lot of genuine, authentic friendships in the year and a half or two years that I've been coming to Girl Geek Dinner events is like I now have at least a, a group of other friends that we can all talk together about how we all feel like T-Rexes. Yeah. Uh, part of it's just opening your mouth, right? <laughs> True. Like you, you just actually have to talk to people. It doesn't matter what you say, mm. but you can't recreate a relationship with someone unless you mm. communicate. I feel like sometimes that's one of the biggest things people struggle with. You know, for for people like you and I, networking is just kind of a very natural mm-hmm. extension of our personalities. But I don't think that's necessarily true for a lot of people. But like walking into a room where they don't know anybody or they're just they're incredibly introverted like are there maybe some tips and tricks that you've learned along the way yeah that you kind of use when you go in well yeah I mean this is I know this may sound a little weird but sometimes I do like to see who's there you know I'll take a look if there is an RSVP list you know on Eventbrite or or even just you follow a hashtag for an event and you take a look to see who's chatting about it in advance on Twitter and I think that sometimes just knowing for me personally, it makes me feel a little less nervous just knowing like, oh, these people are going to be there and we've got this thing in common. You know, you'd be surprised like, oh, there's someone who's working at a similar company or and and just those little things It kind of makes, I don't know, it kind of makes things feel a little more, I think, a little more intimate and maybe not quite as scary when you kind of know who's going to be there. And I mean, and also, I mean, certainly if like you interact with people on social, there's a lot of people who I'm sure you you all have. There are people who I chatted with on Twitter who I have just met in person. You know, yeah. I just met I just met Clark, uh, our audio engineer, just met him. I have certainly <laughs> seen him on Twitter. And, and there are people like that who who I hadn't met for years. And then right. suddenly you're like, oh, wait, I know you from Twitter. And that's where like social can be really cool because that one little thing, it's like, oh yeah, like we've chatted on Twitter before or like, oh yeah, like I liked that picture of your, your grits on Instagram or whatever it may be. (laughs) Those things, I I know it sounds really silly, but like that's where social can be really cool for someone who's really nervous. It makes a community a lot smaller. Like going, I'm going to a personal finance blogger conference in San Diego next week. There's going to be like 1200 people there. That's pretty intimidating for anyone. It's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of people. But th- but just having, like, interacted with people online um, through Twitter or, like, there's, like, an event app, you know, like, or, or like, there's a Slack channel. You oh, know? great. Yeah, like, they have a Slack channel for, for the conference, and we're all just joking around about how, like, we all, all ordered our business cards super last minute. Like, right. stuff like that just makes things feel a lot, I don't know, I, I would definitely would encourage people to interact online as much as possible or, like... You know, a lot of organizations have a Facebook group. Like, that's a thing that's just, like, totally – I mean, talk about making your world a lot smaller. Right. I mean, like, there – I'm probably in, like, 50 Facebook groups. Holy smokes. I mean, but you look at just, like, Nashville alone. I mean, Nashville Social Media Club or Nashville Feminist Group, Nashville The Salon, Nashville – I mean, there's so right. many different groups of, of different people right? Um, that you can connect with online. And I feel like it just makes things – 
so much less scary in person. Right. right. Mm. Shifting gears just a little bit, because you mentioned the Nashville Feminist Group. I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are. I, you know, there's definitely a continued focus and emphasis around just the conversation of women in the workforce, whether it be technology or, you know, music, whatever. Do you do you feel like there needs to be more of a push, sort of a change the conversation? Like, what's your feeling about all of that? Yeah, I mean, well, certainly, I mean, as long as women are a minority in any in any group, um, whether it be music, technology, personal finance, I mean, all of these things. Um, Definitely. And I mean, women and women like working together certainly is like a group like Girl Geek Dinner or um, there's I know there's several female focused coding organizations, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, anytime that there there are any any group is a minority. I mean, there's always going to be a need for more support. How do you feel like this this community can be supporting minority groups better? I think I mean, certainly raising awareness you know, uh, spotlighting those who are doing well, which, you know, again, is something I know that you all are already doing, you know, certainly highlighting like some of the speakers that you have as part of panels, you know, interviews. I mean, things like, um, you know, that Ayumi with Startup Southerner, I mean, she yep. highlights a lot. That's the thing I really I thought it's really cool that she's doing, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, certainly other publications like that. Tomato Sass, I know you're highlighting uh, female entrepreneurs. Um, Startup Southerner is highlighting a lot of uh, women, minority business owners which is really cool and yeah. I think I think yeah like a lot a lot of I mean certainly online media media in general social media um, raising raising awareness in general about those who are doing doing well and, and giving back and the people that are doing really well finding ways to to push others you know like all boats rise together <laughs> that's what yeah. I see that's how I see it you know all boats rise together so like once you're in a position where you're you know where you've kind of like got your footing like, look for someone that you can help, you know, because uh-huh. we've all been there. Absolutely. You know, we've all been there where we've all needed the helping hand. And you remember those people that that really went out on a limb and, and did something really nice to get you your first opportunity. I mean, I know that, that I'm forever grateful Yeah. for anyone who's been supportive throughout my career. And I definitely remember those who have not <laughs> still <Right>. today. <laughs> I mean, along those lines, I, I guess on the note of like mentorship, I I don't really know a whole lot about the social media world and and how mentorship m- might work in that specific I don't know segment of technology or did you have books or podcasts or resources that you went to 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 start really honing in your crafted content? That's a great question. I mean, certainly there's there are a ton of awesome. I mean, gosh, there's so many great resources out there. Blogs and podcasts, definitely. But for me personally, I mean, it really wasn't so much about those types of things. It was more just getting into it. Um, yeah. And I was spending a lot of time trying to, I was trying to sell tickets to shows. So uh-huh. <laughs> it did help when I was, if I was giving away like free tickets, that certainly helped like on social with, you know, like getting people interested in something I had to say, but just getting in there, you know, like it's a lot, like a lot of things in, in technology, kind of trial and error. And there are organizations that provide a lot of awesome educational resources. I mean, a lot of the software as a service company, I mean, Raven Tools, where I worked, we were constantly putting out content to educate. Buffer puts out amazing stuff. Yeah, they I do. I mean, which, is, which can be really, you know, Emma. I mean, Emma Email Marketing, if you're looking for awesome, you know, another another local company, if you're looking for some 
help with email marketing and they put out amazing content on their yeah, blog. Oh, sure. That's awesome. Do you have any other questions? You know, I think I, can I, I'm going to ask the question that I think would be cool. Uh, <laughs> what's one question that you wish people would ask you about yourself and about your journey? Wow. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about that. One question I wish people would ask me. Well, I mean, okay, so personal finance is obviously my thing that I'm passionate, you know, most passionate about. But but I think, I think, I don't know if it's even more about me. I, I just, I love just people asking, what are the steps I need to do in order to like, you know, you ever, living your best life, whether that be changing careers or becoming an entrepreneur, like what steps do I need to take financially to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a really important question because that's something I had to answer for myself in order to get there. You know, now I'm self-employed, but that was I couldn't have even imagined like what that looked like when I was back a promoter living paycheck to paycheck essentially. <laughs> I mean, really like I couldn't even imagine like like what it would be like to be working for myself or or like getting freelance clients or like those kinds of things like I think sometimes we all just get stuck in the day-to-day grind of our jobs that we it's hard to see like what's down the road. <laughs> this this stuff is really hard right now and it's a pain and like it's hard to see past like whatever this this challenge or this hurdle is but like where where am I going long term? I it's it's hard for all of us. But like how it relates to finances like well what does that look like for you? Does that do you want to work 80 hours a week for the rest of your life? Probably not. I I know I don't (laughs) you know like what does that look like and how can how can I get myself in a situation where hopefully that's not what I'm doing for the rest of my life you know I mean I think that I don't know that's not really about me but it is about me because it it I mean it changed my whole life I mean getting control of my money changed my whole life but I think our careers our our paths, all of those things that, I mean, money is a tool, like money's never been the thing that motivated me, but it's a tool in order to do these other things. Yeah, totally. That's powerful. I like that. Nice. Well, Miss Kate, thank you for being on our episode. Yeah, it been this an is awesome. Pleasure. No, Girl Geek Dinner, like I said, I mean, is really instrumental in, in changing. I mean, recently speaking with a career counselor and getting my resume like really polished, it was really it's just really cool to see, you know, like they, how just how things have kind of have things have kind of come. I still feel very new in tech, but I'm very grateful for, like I said, an organization like Girl Geek that really like was a stepping stone. I feel like in a way, really. I mean, because it's really scary when you're trying to when you're trying to make a transition and you just don't you don't even know where to start. Really, I yep. mean, I think that's how a lot of people feel. That's how I felt. Well, we appreciate your wisdom and <laughs> and uh, talking about your experience. I think it's it's. I liked the note you ended on. I like that you're going back to your personal philosophy, and that's that's awesome. So yeah, awesome. And I look forward to seeing you guys at. Um, I look forward to taking sneak peeks at other companies in Nashville, yeah, and learning absolutely. and always looking forward to learning more about just technology in general and trends and certainly how it relates and just creative, creative entrepreneurs in general i mean that's what i'm that's what i'm into so i'm excited to see more of that from girl geek yay well thanks girl awesome thanks so much thank you so much for tuning into nashville girl geek dinner podcast to learn more about future girl geek dinner events and for more stories like this make sure to follow us on facebook and subscribe to our email list for notification of events you won't be sorry 
This interview was recorded at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center with special thanks to our producer, Clark Buckner, and audio engineer, Jess Gromit. Until next time, stay intentional and curious about your passion because your story just might end up here.